Amen. Thank you, team, for leading us in worship, and thank you, Mackenzie and the Loveless family, and um, I'm excited to get to worship with you all this morning. Uh, whether you're here in person or online, I want to welcome you, and I'm so excited that we get to worship together, and I don't know about you, but when the pandemic started, um, I had that, you know, kind of thought in the back of my head that said, well, well surely by Christmas, right? Like, like surely, surely by the holidays, this will... So I'll be over, and, and, and what we now know is that, you know, this Thanksgiving probably looked different than we ever thought it would, and, and now, you know, this upcoming Christmas will look different than we ever thought it would. But I think that's why it's important to begin our Advent sermon series. Advent is the season, uh, the Christian season of preparation as we prepare our hearts and our minds for the birth of Christ on Christmas. And so it's these uh, four weeks we have leading up to Christmas. It's what we call the season of Advent. And during this season of Advent, we're going to be talking about Christmas presents. Um, not, of course, the, the present that you give, but the presents that you have, right? This uh, giving the gift of yourself um, in those important moments. And um, and, and I think this is really important to talk about. I think it's really important because sometimes we forget the importance of our presence. You ever notice this? Sometimes we forget the importance of our presence. Uh, in the pandemic, we've learned that we can be in the room without really being present. Right? Have you ever done this? Um, maybe you've been distracted by your phone, you know, and, and you were on your phone whenever um, your, your spouse or your friend w- was speaking with you, and you were kind of giving, like, you were trying to, like, respond, but the things that you were responding with weren't really matching the, the tone of the conversation. You ever done that, you know, while you're scrolling on your phone, and, and your spouse says, you know, I, I learned that my teacher died this year, and you said, oh, honey, that's great, and, and you're like, wait, 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 what? You're not... You're not responding, you know, like we can be in the room without really being present. Have you, have you noticed this? Maybe there was something on TV. You know, I don't know, like, I don't know if you're like as attention deficit as I am, but like I, if there's a TV on, I can't help but to just like look at it, you know, like I, I can't help just to kind of like my eyes are on it. And so like if the TV's on and somebody is trying to talk to me, um, I am maybe looking at them, but my mind is tracked on what's going on in the TV, even if it's you know, the same commercial that I saw 15 times in a row about them giving away the trucks on, on did anybody else watch the college football and see the same, G- anyways, um, I'm, I'm distracted by what's going on on the TV, and so when somebody's talking to me in that moment, I can be in the room without really being present, and I've realized that sometimes we can forget the importance of our presence. Um, my, my two daughters um, have been doing online school in McKinney um, since the beginning of the school year, uh, we had the option of choosing. We knew that we were going to be, you know, together with family um, over Thanksgiving, Christmas, and and uh, and so we made a decision for us that we were going to do online school. And uh, Tuesdays, I um, work downstairs in the living room, let my wife work in our in our bedroom, and uh, get some time to, to do her work while I do my online meetings. And and I'm in the living room, and my daughter Anna is, you know, probably about ten feet away from me doing her online class. And, um, and, and, and for me, that's good, you know, like I can see her, I can tell that she's doing what she's supposed to be doing, and, and, and that works. But, but, but Anna constantly has this request, Dad, can you come sit with me? 
Or, or can I come sit with you on the couch? See, there, there's this gap of 10 feet. And I'm like, Anna, you're right there. I can, I can see you. I, I, I know what's going on. I'm right here in the room. We can be in the room without really being present. Because sometimes we forget the importance of our presence. Because sometimes we fail to see this, and I think this is absolutely true, that there is power in being present. Maybe you've had those conversations where, where you've seen that this person is really engaged in this conversation. You know, it, maybe it was like a, just a really meaningful conversation that you needed to have with somebody, and, and you noticed what a difference their presence made, right? Where they, they looked at you in the eye, they, they nodded their head, they, they responded when it was time for them to respond, maybe they, they could even, you know, reach out and touch you in those moments and, and hold a hand or put, place a hand on, their, on your shoulder. You, you've realized the importance and the power of that presence. I think this is true for all of us. And, and so this morning, I want to talk a little bit about how important it is to be present. And I want to be clear that, that I think that this is true for people who have claimed faith in Christianity, that you believe in Jesus. I think this is incredibly important because this is kind of the foundation of our faith, right? This is like the foundation of what we say we believe is this power of presence. But even if you don't believe, uh, maybe you're here this morning or maybe you're online and, and you're not really quite sure what to believe about all this, I, I still think this is important. And what I would encourage you to do, if, if, if you don't not quite sure what you believe. I'm going to read um, from the Bible this morning. I'm going to read from the Gospel of John because it's where we find our foundation of our faith. And I'm going to encourage you, if you don't believe in this, just to practice it. Read along and just experience it for yourself to see if it might make a difference in your own life. Because we find the power of presence in the Bible. And, and this morning I'm going to read from the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And I encourage you, if you have a Bible with you, if you use your phone, app, however you engage with the Bible, I'm going to encourage you to do it because I think it's really important um, that, that we read the Bible, that we actually know what's in the book we claim to be the foundation of our faith. That, you know, it's kind of a big deal. And so uh, maybe you have a Bible with you, or if you want to go ahead and run and grab it real quick. It, we're going to read out of the Gospel of John. So it's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the Gospels. Gospels, those are the things that, that tell the stories of Jesus, um, we believe are pretty important. And so we're going to read from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 uh, this morning. Then we'll skip a little bit ahead. But Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1 through 5, says this in the New Revised Standard Version. In the beginning, John says, was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. John is writing to a group of people who, who know what we call the Old Testament cold, right? They, they, they know it. They know the stories. They tell them to their children. They, they know what's there. And so when John says in the beginning, he is, he, he is referencing back to the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, in which the, the first chapter of the book of Genesis details um, this, this story, this illustration of how God created the world. And it says in the beginning, when, when God created the heavens and the earth, God spoke, 
and things came into being. For instance, God, God said, let there be light. The first thing that was created w- w- was light. And, and, and what, the way God did it was that God spoke. God simply said words. And that, that word created things. And John, the writer, says that, that in the beginning, that word of God created with God. And John is saying that that very word that was in the beginning is now come in flesh in Jesus. In other words, John is saying that that word is the creator of you and me. That word is the creator of you and me, and that word has come to show what we were made for. That word that created us has come to show what we were made for. In other words, the creator knows the creation. The creator knows the creation. There's a story of of Jackson Pollock, right? If any of you know Jackson Pollock, a famous painter who paints kind of in a, in a different way than most. He does splatter paintings, these, these paintings that, that are, of course, very colorful um, and, and, and just, you know, the kind of splatters paint all over the canvas, these really large canvases, these large works. And, and there was one particular exhibit of Pollock's um, in which many of his collections were there and, and, and Pollock himself was there displaying these paintings. And, and, and they were of course, beautiful and just very typical of Pollock with these splatter paints. And, and, and there were many people there, and there were even art critics present. And there was one particular display that got a lot of attention, and it was actually a white canvas with a single really small black dot in the center of the canvas. Well, of course, this stood out against all of Pollock's other paintings, right? This this stood out, and so it kind of gained some attention, and and there was a critic there who who was looking at this painting, and and, and he noticed it, and and he started to talk to other people about this painting. And he said, you know what, I think think this is a self-portrait. You know, this, this black dot, I think that's Pollock. And, and he's talking about, you know, the, the expanse that is around him. Maybe even the loneliness that he feels of being this black dot in the center of all of this white canvas. This is an incredible work of art. This, this black dot in the middle of the white canvas. And he would talk to other people about this painting until finally Pollock himself came next to the painting to see what everybody was looking at. And, and, and the critic who, who had believed that this was a self-portrait said, asked Pollock to explain, please explain to us the, the meaning, the significance of this black dot. And Pollock looked at the painting, leaned in close, looked back at another painting and said, it's splatter from that painting over there. In other words, the the creator knows the creation. in a more incredible way than, than anybody could ever tell. There are, there are many people who can, who can speak into your life, who can help try to guide and direct you, and, and it's helpful to gain that insight. It's helpful to have other people who love you 
who, who have your best interests in mind, maybe even a licensed professional counselor or maybe a doctor or some trained professional to help kind of speak into your life. That is good. But the Creator knows you. in the most intimate way possible and knows what you were created for. And, and, and that's why we were created. God has said, I, I've made you for a specific purpose, to do a specific thing. And, and, and the good news is, is that we get help. Right? We get some kind of direction. We get some kind of guidance. And again, we find in uh, the Gospel of John, we read from chapter um, 1, verse 1 through 5. Now we're in chapter 1, verse 14. John says this, And the Word became flesh. And the Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of, his, of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John says that, that, that the word, that word that created thing has now become flesh and, John says, has lived among us. I love uh, Eugene Peterson's The Message translation of this. He says, the word became flesh and blood and listen to this, and moved into the neighborhood. Right? The, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. That God not only created us and, and knows our purpose, but, but sent Jesus Christ as, among other things, an example for how we are to live. Why? Because there is power in presence. It's not enough just to, just to have someone distant from you tell you what the right thing to do is, but to come and show you and hold our hand and walk us through it. Because the creation will never know unless the creator shows it. So Jesus moved into the neighborhood. Jesus it was the word of God with flesh on that, that came and showed us how to live. Jesus in the gospel of John says, I, I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. Jesus came and showed us how to live. And, and to be honest, that was kind of frustrating for some people. Jesus came to show us how to live. And that was kind of frustrating for some people because, you know, they were saying, like, we've, we've been living for a while, Jesus. We, we've been living for a while. We think we know how to do it pretty well. And Jesus says there, there's actually more to it than that. There is this not only just life, but life abundance to be had. Right, um, Melissa and I um, moved to Texas um, from Oklahoma um, now over a year ago, and and uh, we owned a home in Oklahoma, and we had this time where we were getting ready to sell our home, and we invited a realtor to come and help us, and and that realtor, maybe you've been through this experience before, that realtor came into our house before we ever put our house on the market, came into our house and walked through our home, and told us how to arrange and how to decorate our house so that it would sell best. Has anybody ever been through this experience? You need a lot of humility. <laughs> you need a lot of humility to have a stranger walk through your house and tell you how to decorate your home. Right? Like, like, like this, her name was Tammy. She was a wonderful person, very sweet, and, and we were so thankful for her. But she walked through this house and she said, you know, you need to move this furniture over here. You need to decorate this thing over here. You need to put these plants out here. You need to do this thing in order to sell this house so that people will like your home the best and can see themselves in it. And to be honest, you know, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, what? we've been living in this home for a while. 
You know, like, I think we know the best way to live in it. And she was saying, no, this, she actually had some, some, some expertise, some knowledge that we didn't have about the home in which we were living. Jesus came to this world and he says, I have some knowledge about the way that you are living. Why? Because I am the creator. I have some knowledge about the way you are living. And if you will choose to do what I show you, you will not just have life. You will not just get by. But you will have life abundance. And so that's our invitation is to live in the way that Jesus lived. I love the way the writer Alan Hirsch puts it. He says this, that discipleship, discipleship is doing what Jesus would do if he were you. Discipleship is doing what Jesus would do if he were you. The goal of a Christian is to, of course, read the Bible, to pray, to, to begin to understand who Jesus is in, in a very personal way. And then to simply do the things that Jesus would do if he were you. That's discipleship. That's the invitation. And, and so Jesus offered us the presence of God. Jesus offered us the presence of God. And our invitation is to offer that same presence to others, especially those who aren't quite sure what they believe. You, you've heard this in, in other ways, maybe, but, but I want to remind you that you may be the only Christian that someone ever meets. You may be the only Christian that someone ever meets. You may be the only Bible that someone ever reads. You may be the only Jesus that, that someone ever sees. Because there is power in presence. There is power in presence. It's not enough just to be in the room. It's not enough just to be living next door. It's not enough just to be co-workers. It's not enough just to be Facebook friends. It's not enough because there is power in the presence. And so I'm going to invite you to do something this year. As you began planning Christmas now, as you began planning what you do for the holidays, and I know that this will look completely different than than any other year. Maybe your Thanksgiving looked different, and, and I'm sure our Christmas will as well. But I'm encourage you to start praying now about how you can share this Christmas with your neighbors. Those people whom God has placed next door to you. Especially, especially those who are in need of a faith community. 
that I believe that God has placed people in our lives. Maybe there are neighbors, maybe there are coworkers, maybe there are family or friends that are in desperate need of a faith community. I want to encourage you to start praying now about who those people are and about how you can share this Christmas with them. Maybe that's simple as a letter. Maybe it's a gift you drop off at their doorstep. Maybe it's a Zoom call where where you invite them to participate in your Christmas. Maybe it's an invitation to worship as you do so online or in person. Whatever it is, I'm going to encourage you to start praying now about how you can share this Christmas with your neighbors. Because during during this pandemic... There is someone in your life who is not really living, but is surviving. There is someone, maybe even next door to you, that is not experiencing that life abundance, but is doing the bare minimum of what it is to get by. There is somebody in your life that is dying for someone to show them an ounce of hope in this world. What better time than now to invite them to celebrate the hope of this world. What better person than you? What better person than you to invite them to celebrate good news of great joy for all people. Amen.